Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. I love this series, and I've got a lot of favorite books in the Bible. I know that Melanie said Ephesians was one of her favorites, and and I, and I love it too, so I don't want to, uh, I've got several of them that I go to and I just think about things in it. But you know, the older you get, the more you kind of get where things are in Scripture. I don't know if you've ever been here. You, you know it's in there somewhere. And so then you Google it to find out exactly where it is. Well, the older you get, you start going, oh, yeah, that's where this is. I know that's in 1 Peter. That's in 2 Peter. That's in Colossians. That's in Ephesians. The more I read Ephesians, the more I realize there's a lot of things in Ephesians that I quote. And, and I, I'm, I'm just I'm thrilled to be able to teach on it. It's just it's a great book. Are you all ready to dive in tonight? All right, I'm on Ephesians 3 this evening. So uh, we talk about the books of the Bible and the books. A lot of the books are, are actually letters. Yeah. Now, Ephesians, one of the most concentrated doctrinal epistles that Paul writes. And all the pastors, all three of us were arguing over who got what. Melanie said, please let me do the first one. And I said, that's fine. She can have it. But I'm going to do what I would have done if I was the first one <laughs> tonight. I just got to tell you, that because it's a, I love Ephesians, the, the setup of all of it, and she did a great job, a great job. And, and so I want to give you a little more of what just was on my heart if I would have done the first one. It's one of the four letters that were written during Paul's first Roman imprisonment. And I think it's important to, to know that, also along with Philippians, Colossians, and, and Philemon. Every letter that Paul wrote of these four when he's in prison, they, and, and the others, they all address problems in the church, except for Ephesians. Very interesting. Ephesians doesn't address any problems in the church, and, and he doesn't get into the personal lives of people uh, that are associated with the church. And, and so he don't, he's just real careful about not giving you, okay, don't do this, don't do this, and here's what you've been doing. He's looking at this from an overview, and I, I like the overview mentality. As a pastor, I spend a lot of time overview. Uh, the big, I want the big picture. And so Paul's trying to get you to see there's a big picture. Church, there's a big picture. And that's what he's writing the church of Ephesus and saying there's a big picture here. And you need to understand it. See, evidently the church in Ephesus was very mature. And so I feel like as we're preaching this on Wednesday night, I'm preaching this to a very mature people. And they were growing in faith and they were growing in love for God and for each other. And I, I just really like that, especially with where we're at this year, because as we're talking about living a God kind of life, we've been talking about just last Sunday, a God kind of love, and the church at Ephesus was where we're at. So I think it's real important that we're teaching this this year. We need to see in this study how the body of Christ, the church, fits in with the head 
Jesus, how, how, how we fit in with him. We see how the body and the head join together. And, and in this study, it's just important to understand the first two sections, the first two chapters that have already spoke, been spoken on, and then what I'm speaking on tonight is all about positional truth. It's all our position in him. A head without a body would look weird. But even more weird would be a body without a head. And so we're a body and we need to know our position based on him being who he is and us being who we are. And so it's very doctrinally pushed to who we are in Christ. And so as you read the book of Ephesians, you can just know that we have a position in Christ. In the last two weeks, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it again. Because as I was listening to them again preach and they sent me their notes and I'm reading, it's all about how awesome it is to be in the church under the head. It gives you some freedom. See, you start being able to stand up for who you are. When you understand that and what you believe, insecurity and self, low self-esteem, fears, all that stuff that tries to creep in on us, read the book of Ephesians because it starts telling you who you are in Christ and next thing you know, you feel like, man, I can take this on. There's power that's available that will overcome all the weaknesses that the flesh produces and the flesh produces things that you need to get out, you need to die to and the book of Ephesians helps you with that. People are getting counseling, and they're trying to heal the inner man. But when they learn who they are in Christ, there's a healing that just automatically empowers you to not have to deal with all of that stuff you've been trying to counsel out. Jesus, get rid of that. The town of Ephesus, very popular town, very popular town because of the worship of Diana. She was the goddess of fertility. And you can imagine, which I don't want you to, their worship. It was horrible. In this town. Now, I'm not talking about the church, but in the town. To the Greek culture, pleasure was the God. And it was horrible what was going on, why this town had become famous. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. And for the life of me, I don't understand why we, here in our culture and cultures before us, why we can't look at cultures before us and go, boy, they messed up here. Because right now, you would think a lot of what we're dealing with in our culture, we're worshiping the God of pleasure. And it's the little God, it's not Jehovah God. So the first week Melanie was talking in the first chapter, the main focus was about God. The main character, if you will, was God. Chapman spoke the second Ephesians uh, chapter 2, and the main character would be Jesus. In Ephesians 3, the main character is the Holy Spirit. And so, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, let's, let's take off. I, there's only 20 verses here, and I, I want to I read through it. That way you kind of get it in your head. So you can either read in your Bible with, you can look on the screen. However, you can close your eyes and just hear my soothing voice. And good time to go to sleep for a few verses. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, comma, dot, 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 
that right there is the start of we'll resume back in verse 14. So, but right there, we're going. when I think I was Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the benefit of you Gentiles, then he resumes that thought later. So let's, let's, we'll come back to that. Assuming, by the way, by the way, assuming that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Paul goes on to say, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Now, back to verse 1, before we read 14. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, when I think of this, I fall to my knees. And I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, long, high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand or to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life, zoe, right there, and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. All right, I want to point out the central theme of Ephesians 3. Verse 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his what? His spirit. Through the Spirit, through the Spirit. I, and then in verse 20, now all glory to God, 
Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish it infinitely more than we might ask or, or think. Through what? His mighty power at work within us. What is the mighty power at work within us? It's the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan says it's forgotten God. He's got a book about it. It's the third part of the Trinity, if you will. Third part of the Godhead. It's what we oftentimes don't understand and we don't try to. Now, I don't believe that here, so I applaud Christian Ministries Church. See, our view is the overview here. This is the view of Christian Ministries Church. We are to live with power based on an inner strength. We've been talking about it and talking about it. And that inner strength only comes from the Spirit of God. It's His Spirit in us. His power can be at work in us to do way more than we can think about. You can only do so much physically. But I'm telling you, when you're empowered by the Spirit of God, you can go over and above what you'd ever been able to do from a physical standpoint. It's just the way God works. It's the way the plan works. It's the unveiling of the mystery. The mystery's been unveiled. You have the power of God in you. That, that, that's not to stay a mystery, but you know, the enemy has tried to keep that plan from being exposed. I, I can't tell you the, the, the churches that speak nothing of the Holy Spirit because they don't understand that's the unveiling of the mystery. The Holy Spirit's available. He's not hiding. You don't have to go find him. He's available to you. I've got four points tonight out of Ephesians 3, and it's not a verse-by-verse study, but there are four points that really just are bold here in Ephesians 3. And these are four points that I have that are about how God has not hidden himself. He has a plan for your life, and the Holy Spirit is working to reveal that plan. And if you'll take a hold of what the Holy Spirit made available to you and apply these four points to his plan, you'll make a difference in life. It'll it'll just make a difference in your life. Ephesians 3, the first point, God has never hid his plan from you. Now, Paul said generations before me, but guess what? That was a couple thousand years ago. So it's not hid from us. God's plan's not hid from you. And I have people say this all the time. I'm just trying to find out God's plan for me. It's not hid. Well, I don't, I don't really know what to do. I, I can tell you that if you will look at Scripture, God will reveal his plan supernaturally. I'm not saying you won't always know what choice to make. That's not what I'm getting. There are times that we get caught up, God, I'm needing help with a choice. But a choice in the midst of a big picture shouldn't stop you from God's plan. It's just a place in God's plan where you're trying to decide something. I'm trying to make a choice here. And it's okay to come to a place where I need to make a choice, but it doesn't stop me from my destination. I know that my destination is God's plan, and he knew what choice I was going to make on the front end. He already knew that, and as long as I'm following him, I'm not, and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit then I'm good. Should I buy a blue car or a red car? God, I just need your help here. Neither one. They don't either one sell real good. Buy a white one. Who are you to tell me? I'm not, and neither is God. You just make a choice. Now, there are times that God will say, okay, I need you to, I I get that, but you have an overwhelming unction. There's something in you that just says this is what I'm supposed to do. But when you get caught up, don't quit moving 
on God's plan because you're caught up on stopping on a choice. Well, I don't know where to go. And we got people sitting there the rest of their life, and they didn't go any further with the kingdom of God because they couldn't figure out what to do right here. And what you got to know is God has a plan and a purpose for you to move. God has not hidden his plan. That's what my point here is God's not hidden from you. And as you read, Paul says, as you read, as you read what I wrote, did you hear that? That's what Paul said. As you read what I wrote, it will become available to you. So you don't know what to do. Read what Paul wrote. Read the word of God. It'll become available to you. It'll be, it'll like all of a sudden that mysterious plant. I wasn't figuring it all out. I didn't know what to do. I needed some unction. I needed some help. I needed some power. I needed some ability to make a decision. We got so many people in God's kingdom that just can't make a decision. Just make one. Let's move forward. Let's do what God's called us to. Let's make a decision and let's go. And so Paul says, as you read what I have written, you will then understand. I can tell you why a lot of people don't understand. They're not reading what he wrote. And so if we will start reading scripture, the plan will unfold for us. He wants his people that have been adopted in to live in the blessing. Ephesians 3, 6. This is God's plan. Boy, I'm just praying for God's plan to be revealed. Now, here's the deal. I know I'm talking to people who already are living according to God's plan. But I promise you, you won't find it very long from this point tonight that you won't have someone say, will you pray for me? I'm just trying to figure out what God wants me to do. And if you ever hear that, you can take them right here to Ephesians 3, 6. Because I love the way. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles, Jews who believe the good news, share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. You know what? If you belong to Christ Jesus, I promise you the blessings are yours. They are. It's like, it's like you have a guide to his treasures. Let me, let me say it like this. When I was a kid, I, I, I used to really like um, cartoons or different things that they would talk about or stories that had a treasure map. And you get this treasure map, and if you go over here, and then there's an X. Okay, you stopped right here. Now you got to figure out what's going on here. Then it leads you over here. You get another map, and then you get another map. And before long, and I loved it when they finally got to the treasure. You just get to the treasure like I made it. Well, what I want you to know right here is your book. Here's your treasure map. I'm needing God's blessings. Right, right, right here it is. See, it's not hidden from you. It, 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 you've got promised blessings and they're yours, but you just don't, you haven't got the map out. Get the map out and start reading it and you'll find real quick, wow, I've got joy and peace available and I've been walking in insecurity. Unhappiness. I'm, I'm just frustrated all the time. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 9, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. Paul said, I'm your guy. I got something for you. I got something for you. I've been chosen to give this to you, and it's no longer hidden. Did you get the first point? It's, no longer, it's not hidden from you. Number two. The church is necessary. I love in verse 10, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church. Now, I'm going to preach to the choir so y'all when I get done just go, oh. Right. 
It's through the church that God's plan is revealed in the supernatural. You didn't do real good there. Oh, there you go. Okay, good. You get saved. You get saved, and the problem is a lot of people get saved and they never get hooked up to the church. And so they never have this, oh, they never have this moment. They never have this, wow, the goodness of God is shown in the body, and it's only seen through the body of Christ being hooked up each individually to the Spirit of God. And when they come together, this supernatural revelation takes place. It's the most amazing thing I've seen at time and time and time again. God is showing his plan by God's people getting saved and being an active part of the body. When God's people are in church, his plan is seen more clearly by the unseen world. I looked up that because I wanted to know a lot about that. I, I had never studied that a lot, but by the unseen world, a lot of places in scriptures, the unseen world is demonic. So if there's a battle, and there will be, you better be hooked up to the church because that's when the unseen world can see that you're hooked up to God's plan and it's revealed through the church. Anytime you're out there on your own, you can be isolated. And you don't, the enemy's not even seeing you as hooked up. See, the body comes under the head of Jesus and Jesus says that the body is the church. Don't get out there and be isolated. Why is it important to come to church? Because I want the unseen world to go, huh, if it's demonic, but then there's other scholars that say that's even the angels. See, so the angels can see all of a sudden that when you're hooked up to the church in the body of Christ, the angels come in and say, man, we can win this one. Come on. Let's all go. Now, I'm not saying when you don't go to church that you're open for attack. What I'm saying is you're a part of the body. You're a part of the body of Christ when you're in church. There's a hookup between the power and presence of the Lord, and it happens through the church. And a lot of people just never have seen this because, well, where's that at in Scripture? Right here in Ephesians 3. See, it has to be spiritually caught. It's only revealed through the Spirit of God. These people will be in church. I'm talking about in Ephesus, what Paul was talking to them. These people are going to be in church regardless of what else is going on because they've caught on to what it means to have a connection to the church. I'm sitting here looking around, and I'm, I'm talking like Paul was. I'm talking to you. Y'all got it. If I preached this on Sunday and I said, you got it, I'd be lying. Because there's a lot of people that haven't caught this yet. And if you're listening to this on podcast right now, and you, well, you talking about me, I, I am. Because I want people to catch it. I'm not trying to convict her. I'm not trying to, I, it's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit that will reveal the truth to them. But the Bible says right here, Paul said, it's through the church that there's a revelation Things are revealed in the unseen world through the church. Boy, it's just a great statement. See, he sees, the enemy sees the army when you are hooked up to the army. And you want to show the enemy how big God is, don't lose your connection to the church. You get offended, you get mad, and you go somewhere else. Don't, don't, not, don't stay out of the church. 
And hopefully God will reveal to you, quit getting offended and hurt and mad. But I'm just telling you, there's got to be a connection to the church. Praise God for the church. Number three, you and I have direct access. Praise God. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly, in verse 12, boldly and confidently into God's presence. See, if we're going to live Zoe, we've got to live bold. We've got to live confident. He desires, God desires you and I to go to him. I can tell you, I've watched my kids struggle. And part of the time I'm out there and I'm thinking, if they just come to me. As every parent knows that. They're out there struggling, they're crying, they're hurting. They're trying to deal with their own kids, especially as a, a grandfather. You're watching your kids and they're trying to deal with their kids. And they're, they're I just don't know what to do. And they're just this, that. And I'm like, I can't say anything. Because they haven't come to receive what I have to say. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. You, you got to be careful if your kid that has kids is here or sitting right beside you. I get that. But here, here's what you got to know. We're not condemning and looking down. We're just looking forward to the time that our kids say, hey, mom, hey, dad. I, 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 Michelle didn't know I was paying that close attention because I don't always do that. But she was on the phone with Ashlyn, and Ashlyn had called just to ask some questions to her. And Michelle was just giving her some godly advice. And I mean, she's just speaking into her life. And it, I'm not saying that Ashlyn was going to screw her whole life up if she didn't listen to her. But, Mom, thanks. Thanks for telling me that. And I'm telling you, I had to kind of walk around the corner and wipe my eyes. Because it's just such a privilege when my kids come and ask me, advice that I know something about. Now, there are times they ask me, I'm like, I don't know anything about that. I don't know what to tell you. But I usually know somebody who does. Have you called so-and-so? Here's what I can tell you. There's nothing you're going to ask God that he don't know about. And you're his kid. And do you know how much he would love for you to come and ask? See, you can approach the throne with confidence and with boldness. He's not here to beat you down. I used to think that because that's how I saw my dad. He's not here to say, boy, you should have thought better. You should have. No, he's here to go, come on, come on. I'm st thanks for coming to me. Let me help you out. Here's a few thousand dollars. Here's some, I mean, whatever. Whatever you're in need of, now I'm not talking about just physical. I'm talking about spiritual right now. But what you're in need of, God has got an abundance of. Got an abundance. Well, how can he look at me? Because, Pastor, you just don't know what all I've done. He can't look at you. He looks at Jesus in you. Maybe that's revelation for somebody tonight. He's looking at Jesus in you, and he sees that, and he's so thrilled that you have accepted Christ, that you have accessed him, and he wants that connection to say, hey, you have access to me because of Jesus. So access him. Access him. He loves you because what you separated yourself from him with has now been restored. Every mom and dad that's ever lost a connection with a child, when that's restored, I'm telling you, there, there ain't nothing better. 
That restoration is, now I know I'm talking to a lot of people who don't even have kids, but you got to understand what I'm trying to get across. God wants you to hang out. He wants you to come to him. Well, I haven't been praying much lately. Just start. Quit. It's just so easy after you haven't prayed for four or five days to not pray the sixth. But maybe tonight, just, God, I, I haven't talked to you in a while, and I'm sorry. And right there, he got it. Do you know when he, when you say that, I can just see God. There's nothing hid. There's no separation. He's like, yeah, I'm so glad to hear from you. And maybe he's not like this. Maybe he's like this. Because he's omnipresent. And everywhere you turn, he's right there. He's just waiting for you to acknowledge him. I love this point. You and I have direct access. I... I am all about getting an agreement and have someone pray for me, okay? So please don't take what I'm getting ready to say and turn it against me and write me a letter or come have a talk with me. But you need to hear this. I can appreciate a TV evangelist, and I can appreciate them sending you a hanky they prayed over. But they have no closer access to God than what you do because the only reason they have any access to God is the same reason you do, and that's Jesus Christ. And so I want you to know, start praying on your own. Well, would you pray for me? Have you prayed for yourself? Come on, you've got to access what God made available because you have it. It's direct access. The last one in number four, we need to pray. We need to pray like Paul. And, and, And here's what Paul did. Well, let me read it again. And I'm gonna read it out of a different translation because I like this one. Out of the ESV In chapter 3, verse 1, he says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, and then you jump down to 14, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being." So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses, surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, I want somebody praying for me like that. Here's the problem. When all you do is pray for yourself, who's Paul in your life? We've got to get to a place where we start praying for God's people like that. See, we read and say, oh, I hope somebody's praying for me like that. Who are you praying for like that? Who are you? But for this reason, God, I'm bowing my knees right now. And and what I'm telling you, according to the riches that, that... are of you and of your glory, may you strengthen. And then you fill in the blank. Will you empower them through your spirit in their inner being. I know they're saved. Come on, we know people who claim salvation, but they're not living for God. Are you praying that the inside of them, that inner strength would start to show itself, and before long, they're just like, whoa, I didn't realize, God, God, thank you. And see, you were part of praying for them, that they would awaken 
that they would know the love of Christ that surpasses their knowledge. Boy, I, I couldn't get off this verse just this morning. And there was people in my life, and I could call their name out to you right now, but I, I think that all of you have somebody you could call their name out. And I just sit there and I thought, God, okay, here's this person, this person, this person. And I've not been doing what Paul was doing for people. And so I want to encourage you, get your prayer life, get your prayer life, get your prayer life to a place where you're outside of self and you're praying for something bigger than you. You're praying for others that they would be not just saved, because we have a tendency to pray for the unsaved. But what about the saved that's not living? Zoe. See, they don't have the Zoe life. What, what do we do? You even may know someone in this church that's not living that. Man, I'm telling you, we start praying for each other, you wouldn't believe what could happen. The kingdom of God would flourish so much. We spend a lot of time in this church teaching, trying to get us just through another day here on planet Earth. Oh, if I could just make it through today. And life becomes so much more valuable for you when you start praying for someone else. It just does. But we're a selfish people. And when we're selfish, we're not accessing the Holy Spirit and His power. Number one, God's plan is not hid from us. Did you get that? Number two, the local church is a necessary part of his plan. Number three, you and I have direct access in his plan to him, and it's made available by the Spirit of God inside of us. And number four, praying for others is a vital part of God's plan. Let me end with verse 21. Paul ends it and says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Tonight, I'm speaking to all generations, and Paul was. And he said, to him be glory. How is God glorified? By the church and Jesus, the head and the body. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.